When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Folks, if you'd like a copy of my best-selling first book, Tales of a First-Round Nothing, head on over to ecwpress.com. If you'd like a copy of my second book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to www.flankerpress.com. If you'd like either copy personalized, just add a note. Thanks for listening to my podcast, and happy reading. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello! Oh, forgot the intro. Hey, just say what you said to me at rookie camp about it. <laughs> just say it. Just say it. What? What do, you, do you remember what you said to me? At rookie camp? Yeah, it was about... I was going to ask you what I said because I can't remember. I remember. It was 1998. However many years ago, that 25 years ago, probably today. Yeah, likely. It was around, it was this week. U.S. Sure. Open was on. Mark Philippoussis, or Philippoussis, was the player that me and Corey Sarich used to watch in the hotel room every night. Wow, he leveled me that game, too, by the way, with a, with a big check. I, I can't remember too. what I said I to you, though. I leveled you, too, with a big right. <laughs> oh, you did, with a you few. But, I, but you said... Unfortunately, you said, on TSN. By the way, folks, folks, welcome to episode 170B of Tales with TR. Right here I have on the line, after the whistle, star and co-host and six-year NHLer Andrew Peters. Welcome, Andrew. Uh, it all started that night. He said, "What's up, young pup?" Did I? Yeah. Does that sound something like Terry? Does that sound? Oh, it like sounds something? like something I would say. And I knew that you were a fighter. I knew that much. I remember that. Oh, I knew. I mean, I remember you, and I think we talk about this every time. And I love, and I love it because I love reminiscing. You yeah. and Miguel Delisle flying around warm up with your helmets off because you were the only two guys that had played in the AHL that year. Uh, I thought I was wondering because I'd played in the A and two years before it, I was in the NHL. I played four games, but oh, I remember yeah. going, hey, you're sending me to the rookie fucking camp. I get a year <laughs> in the A under my belt here. You're, yeah, you were the talk of the rookie camp. And you uh, probably yeah. don't even realize it because you're you're kind of in your we're all in our own worlds. Right. So I don't know yeah. who you were, what you were talking about while you were there, but you were the talk of the rookie camp. Like, holy wow. fuck. Terry Ryan is here. That's all everybody was talking about. All of our prospects, oh. all the guys that knew who you were. Fucking Terry Ryan. Are you kidding me? Hey, Petey, if you need a fight, 
Terry Ryan. I don't know if he's going to be willing to go because he's already played pro and stuff. He's just yeah. here, but see what happens. And it happened all right. Dude, first year in the A, I had 34 fights. I, I remember you had like 200 and something penalty minutes, right? 256, 200. by yeah. the by the way. I thought that was a lot. You had 388 one year. You you must have just had one foot in the penalty box the whole year. Like what? Not my rookie what? year. No, my it took me. Uh, it was my second year, but not my first year. My first year, I was get. I mean, getting your feet wet in the American League as a heavyweight is a scary place, man. It's harder in the age. I was trying this. to explain it. Look on the lead up podcast a couple of days ago to this. And I just shot the shit. It wasn't just sitting there and talking about it. I, I just open my computer sometimes, have thoughts, and I start talking. I started talking about camp. And when you and I came at each other, and, and I, I kind of left it at that. But just I'm trying to put in perspective. Okay, so I skate still with all the guys who go away. And I was, you know, the guys were going to pro camps. And early, like three weeks ago, before a few of the guys had left, I heard... And I heard the words like they're like, oh, man, I can't wait. I love camp. And I was like, <laughs> I, I don't know anybody. My, like, I, I'm not saying that I didn't want to work hard or anything or like I didn't. It, it wasn't Nobody. fun to play Nobody. like pro hockey. But the actual act of camp, I'm like, I tell you, I tell you, I heard you telling a story on your pod a while back about McMorrow. And I want you to tell that. But I'll tell you this, man. You, I'll tell you this. The year after that. So I fought you. We'll, we'll get back to that in a second. But I was like, okay, because in 96, 97, I was in the NHL. I, I got a concussion, but I played four games. I'm up. I think maybe the next year I'm going to make it. I go back down now. I got Terrian. I don't like him. It's a long year in the minors, but I get 34 fucking fu majors. I don't, I don't recall getting a hit from behind. I'm guessing 34 led the, led the league. So I'm guessing I let it in fight. So because I, I don't recall getting any other major. But anyway, so. Now comes the next season, and I go to that. I'm, I'm thinking, like, geez, weird that I'm in rookie camp, but whatever. I always took it. Like, I got to do it, and they must – it's only them looking at me more. So if I do a good job, yeah. you know, I take it as a demotion so much as, like, weird. What the fuck? So the next year, I'm, I don't want to go back to Montreal. I've played for Tarion again. It's a long story without getting into the reasons. I go to Dallas camp, and I go to rookie camp – Again, oh, no. and I fight Erskine. I know you were telling a story with oh. McMorrow, and I want you to tell it. I try to tell people, I'm like, it's one thing to fight in front of people and the adrenaline and everything else. Go to these camps. I was sitting there. Bob Basson, who just retired, he was with St. Louis, and I remember him looking at me going, dude, like, fuck. Like, we dropped our gloves, and I remember I went in there, and it's Ers John Erskine or Erskine, however you say it. Erskine, yeah. Guys, tough, 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 tough. And we're tough going, boom, boom, and he hits me, boom, spurts my nose over. Whatever. We just picked up our shit. There's no ref there fucking at this one. It was like people in track suits. There's no one going to pick. You're not in the penalty box. So then when he keeps going, I'm like, I'm trying out for this team. I don't have any contract or whatever. And he says something else. I said, well, fuck you. We went again. I'm talking people like two seconds later because the puck dropped. And then yeah. we put on our shit. We were going to go over <laughs> to the box. And I said, fuck you. You want to go again? We fought again. I, yeah. We fought six times that day. Six. <laughs> he was my roommate. He was my roomie. I'd never met him. We go back. I know it was a fucking weird. And it was, and ironically, it was, it was, um, we ended up like <laughs> September 11th happened without dwelling on all the bad. I know there's lots of, bad, but I was there. I was stuck there then two weeks. Me and him were staying in hotel just six times, one fucking day before supper time. I went, I couldn't hold my fucking fork and spoon. It was fucking crazy. And no penalties. It was all in one game. <laughs> it's fuck. So listen. So the story I told McMor about McMorrow the other day, I'll tell a quick version of it. So Mac and I played junior together, 
And uh, he was drafted by Buffalo. So we started, I don't remember when we started fighting in training camp, but it was pretty much as soon as we probably played against one And isn't another. it weird? Like, buddies, you, you go, okay, oh, but, it's but like you summer camp, something. you get there and everybody's happy to see each other and you know that it's going to be blood soon. You, you I'm don't make understand. you bleed and you're my I, friend. I, 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 listen, so let me, let me just tell this story and I'll tell you something really cool that happened today. Yeah. Today. Okay. So, McMorrow and I, closest of friends and it was two, it was summer. It was training camp, 2003, 2004. And Rob Ray was gone. Eric Bolton was the only guy there was the Sabres always had two always. And they knew they always. were carrying two. Yeah. Okay. And McMorrow had got a game the year before. And I was so fucking pissed because the year before that I led the league in penalty minutes, fought 30 some odd times. And I'm like, I had been hurt all fucking year. And did I deserve it? No, at the time I didn't deserve it. But if you were going to call one guy up, in my opinion at the time, I thought I was I should have been called up to play yeah. one game against Toronto in Toronto. That's Max wow. one game. But he was in the American League as a rookie, killing guys, loving it, gaining respect, and he got called up and he deserved it. He fucking earned it the hard way. I had a real chip on my shoulder. Yeah. Real about that like real fucking chip on my shoulder okay i trained all summer and this is one of my i love this guy love him today i at this yeah. time by this point as a teammate and a friend and junior teammate i loved sean mcmorrow i love him okay i i really do with all my heart i i really do that's and great i i know sean pretty well he's an like amazing you, person like a great he has guy, made sir. mistakes and we all have but he is yeah. a you want to talk about loyalty if you're on his good side and i was as loyal as they come as loyal as they come to you and so so i go i literally trained all summer boxed everything to knock his fucking head off I love that. You know what? The inside motivation, Joe. Just think back as a player when that used to motivate, like something oh. little like that. And it 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 was the source of all those fucking hours of training and sweat so, and everything. So anyone out there that ever credits themselves for I helped him get there, no, no, no. <laughs> it was that day where I literally decided I need to fucking hurt this guy. Wow. So I trained all summer, and I loved him. And I don't think we talked all summer. I don't think I wanted to talk to him or anything. I didn't want to check in. I didn't want to know what he was doing. I didn't want him to know what I was doing. He yeah. and Eric Bolton were the only targets on my on my checklist for the opening day of training camp. Okay? So wild, yeah. So, show up to camp. I fight Bolts. Oh, yeah. Day one, 7 a.m. He breaks his thumb. He's out. Okay? Next day... We play against Sean McMorrow's team. And now we're all spread out on different teams for a reason, right? Like, yeah. come on. So and they always say, we don't necessarily need to see fights. Meanwhile, they're just wondering out the other. Of course, why are we all on different teams? Yeah, I showed up. I showed up that morning and I knew. And Mac and I get in a fight and we wailed on each other. And he ends up down. And I don't know if he went down. I can't remember how he, if you can go down any which way, Terry, you know this, yeah. and it could look good. It could look bad and nothing happened, but he was on his ass and I was standing over him and I don't, I didn't knock him down to his ass, but we were fighting hard. And I hit him about four times square in the face. Like we had beer league refs out there breaking shit up. Like they had no idea what to do. You have two 
no, monstrous no. heavyweights just throwing haymakers, and they're used to like Kawana's hockey. Yeah, and yeah, I hit exactly. him four times, and he was. They finally all the players, adrenaline, like are you yes, talking I, about all the adrenaline, adrenaline I, you had built up. That was a summer's worth, or more than a summer's 100%. worth of, of frustration. That was, that was one punch for every month that I thought about it. Wow. Yeah. And then guys had to stop it, right? And they were like, "What the fuck? That's bullshit! What are you doing?" And I was like, yeah, "I was a little over the line, man." I, you know, went back. You go back to the bench, and. We sit down and you start putting, you're so exhausted. You put, you're sitting there for, it's your first fight in months and you're just kind of, yeah. you know, I and know. I have like one elbow pad on, maybe like half my arm and a shoulder pad, like soaking myself with water, yeah. you know, guys like, good job, you know, whatever. And then Mac is across the rink, just yelling as loud as he can with nothing on. Okay. Wow. Just giving it to me, giving it to me. And the play's going on. Like it's in play. It's not like there's a whistle. We just jump over the boards and, and go right to center ice no. and go again. And we... And this time we were going even harder on each other. Like it was holy fuck. I've never heard then, that before. And then of it happening, the, I mean, the refs break it up. And then at the end, he just, he's like, that's, you know, he's swearing at me and he's like, that's gutless. You know that there's a code. And he just hauls off and jabs me right in the mouth and broke my tooth. Broke my, like busted my lip, broke my tooth. Yeah. How did this day end? Did you fucking key his car? Or wait, wait, Laugh. You guys, it seems like it's wow. we laughed about it. Well, that's I what I was going to tell you earlier is that I yeah. told that story on the pod recently, and then it yeah, got I heard you refer to it. So I I texted him yesterday and today, and we got in touch and we talked on the phone this morning. I was like, oh my god! And we've spoken in the over the years. I probably haven't spoken to him in like a year and a bit. He's he's asked me to come on his show. I think you've been on there. Yeah, yeah, a couple so, times. Yeah. So I'm like. Uh, then we just talked and I just told him, I said, man, you, I got to tell you, when I think back about teammates that I loved and had so much fun with, you are right up there at the top. And I said, I told him about that story. I just told you. And he's like, PD, I have video of that. Oh God, that would he's be like, great. I have video. So anyway. After all this time. No, but no, it's true it's just, though. I try to, people, people don't, don't get realize, it. Man, they think, they, and they think, oh, it looks cool to go out and fight. I go, I, I, I get the elements of it. The elements are great. I went hockey night in Canada. I don't know. One of my best memories is, fighting cam russell on there or you know i i can think of good but i'm like to how just go in it? cold in the summertime and just go into camp you know how the, <sighs> you go into rookie camp remember you can get into rookie camp if you're there, there's two groups earlier two groups like whatever it is if you're in the early group and you go in you can hear the buzz of the lights it's freezing even back then like there's i was condensation never, all over yeah, the glass yeah got a bit of, and, and even like you're always as a hockey player you got aches and pains so like Day two, day three, there's always, I don't care how young you are, you get some sort of a nick. So, you know, you get in there and it's like, the the last thing you're thinking is fight. It's 8.30 a.m. Like, I'm just getting, my body's just getting warmed up and like, in 35 minutes from now, I got to go and fight that guy over there. Like, fuck me. Like, we're going to be out there going at it. It's just wild. It's almost like you've got to... You, we, I mean, it's pro sports, I guess, you know, survival of the fittest. And like you said, whatever was inside you to make you work out like that, there is a competitive nature that brought us to the National Hockey League. But yeah. I tell people, I'm like, man, to turn it off and on like a switch and half the time it's your buddies, that's a perfect fucking example. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. And, and he, he and I were talking about how we were roommates. We were, we were friends. I mean, he, he was the first guy that, 
I ever that ever made sense of the movie Vanilla Sky for me. I'm like, what the fuck is going on in this movie? And he came <laughs> over one day after practice <laughs> in the AHL. And here we are, two tough guys watching Vanilla Sky, and he's pausing and he's going, Okay, do you understand what's happening? I'm like, No, is she the other one? Is like <laughs> whose face did he just bury in the pillow? I'm so confused. He's the other thing is that Sean McMorrow for a guy, I mean yeah, everything you it, it, when you hear about this guy from every angle, you, you're expecting this. I don't know. I was expecting a. I don't want to say dumb. That's not the right word, but not someone so articulate. He's a yeah. pretty smart guy. He's a really smart. He's guy. you know in in the creative arts, in just world, in yeah. in knowledge, in, in in politics, in music, in in movies, and sports. He can he knows a little bit about a lot, and he's well. I mean, it to me, it's not a fluke that his podcast is doing what it's doing. He's you know, it's gaining momentum and he's, he's a good, good host. Um, but listen, those, <laughs> so getting back to camp. Okay. So you go through and for us, I don't know about you guys, but I'm one of those first days we had to do the, the physical, the train or the, the, the testing people say now, Oh, you guys use camp to get in shape. I'm like, not quite. I remember having to work like my dad's era, maybe, but we, we had a, it wasn't kind of as specific as now. Like I remember doing the same kind of workout as Saku Koivu and Darcy Tucker. We were different body types. That doesn't really make sense now, but we were, you know, it wasn't as specific, but we were definitely working out and we had to do the combine stuff. There was just, I don't remember there being a combine. I just remember going to camp and doing it all there. But I mean, Remember coming in and like having to go out there and, and those games were insane. They were nuts. And then to go get this physical testing. Did you go through that as well? Oh, and we all did. I mean, like the wind gate and the VO2. Well, we had a skate test in Buffalo that was worse than all of it. I mean, they had this, uh, it was like you started on the goal line and you had to fly all the way down to the far corner. No, yeah. you had to fly all the way down around the far neutral zone blue line dot back down to so like a figure eight around the neutral zone dots sprint to the corner a series of pylons okay out from the corner all the way up around the face-off dot in that corner to the hash marks come out at the hash marks sprint to the top of the circle at the far end okay doesn't okay. sound hard but it is okay well, if you got to do it at the Top of you possibly top can go. Like said, the no. wind gate doesn't sound hard. 45 seconds, sure. Wait till you get to do it at your top level going uphill, whatever it is they do to you. But you get back to the, you get, you have a heart rate monitor on, you have someone in the corner, and then you have about, I think it was 30 seconds or a minute, maybe. Um, let's say a minute just to, for, for less uh, dramatic sake. One minute, then you had to do it again, again, again. Oh God! And again, so you have five. So by the end of three, like when you get to three, you're like, "Okay, just got to get through three, and then monitor how I'm feeling." <laughs> you get through three, and now you're like, "I think four. I might be straight legging it down the straight." Okay, and there are guys that were fucking standing straight up, like walking, you know, on their toes. Oh, yeah. At the, like at the end of four and almost all the way through five. And I was one of them, man. I mean, it was, this just tested everything. And oh, guys dreaded the skate test. Fucking dreaded it. But I've heard it. of it. We didn't have to do it. I remember being 
just so the after the first, I was so deflated. I felt like a little boy amongst men after the first one. After that, I kind of knew what was going on. At least keep yourself in shape. Call the boys in the summer. Make sure everybody's doing something. Uh, the first one was an absolute eye opener. I did, I think, one pull up. Uh, the best like, though, being a strong guy is when you get under the bench and you throw up. I think our test was 205 and you put it up. I think my most, I've heard legendary stories of guys throwing 225 up for like 40, 45. I think I put two, 205 up. I think it was like 30, it's like 38 times maybe. I wow. think, which is, which actually, that believe been the most, that's what we had to do, 205. I remember getting like 10 out of it and being, okay, I'm all right. But that's, that's I was a lot. 247 at the time and I was. Is that you what know, you was, came in as? So when you came in, like junior, what would you? Obviously, you're you're what six four? Yeah, junior. So, I was like 180, 185. And okay, then, you so know, you had to work into your so no shit because you were in a second round pick, man. Think about that. Were you thirty thirty fourth? Yeah, thirty fourth. Like, you know what I did wrong though. You know what I did. You know what mistake I made is I I got too big. I thought I had to be two forty to handle the heavyweights. And I wish I had been more confident in my strength at 225. I think 225 okay. was a perfect weight and a perfect strength. I mean, I, relatively speaking, all heavyweights in the NHL are similar in strength, with the exception of guys like George and then guys like Bugard. And these are the guys you're, you're training. I heard, to yeah, I heard Ruby talk about seeing George with his shirt off. I went through yeah, that. Too. Like, I, I, I fought him in the A. I, I couldn't even... It wasn't so, even like I just buried my head and act like I've never. He had complete control of my body. Yeah. He could have done anything he wanted to do. Yeah, with my body. Anyway, I cut you off. Sorry. No, Keep no, going. no. That's that's fine. That's that's my point. And all I'm saying is you're fighting to not get killed by those guys. But at 240 versus 225, I don't think I'm I'm losing that fight to George any differently. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I fought him at 225 and I fought him at 247 and it was the same thing. <laughs> so after. So, I yeah, think well, I I think I focused too much on that, and it took away a lot of my mobility up top and down below because I was carrying so much so much bulk. It's funny because my experience in Montreal was unique to say the least. But the people who drafted me got fired, right? So when Hul came in, and I guess eventually Vigneault, I think I was valuable to them as as a, as a fighter. Because like Hul was a nice enough guy, man. I still talk to him. But I remember him saying, because I, I said, why would you pick me in the first round? He said, well, I didn't. So Serge Savard did. I don't know that I would have. You know, you could need to work on your skating, which I did. Hey, it's an opinion. Um, I, I think, I, you know, people said that from day one. I think I could have proved that wrong. But whatever. I get it. But point being, they, after my first year when I had all those fights, they, they put me on creatine. And they're like, well, you know, you might as well be 210, 215. I didn't like it. I went looking back even now, like two years of that, and I went back to 195. There's just something. I know we're two different leagues when we talk about fighting, but we, you, to me, there's a level of stamina, and I like to be able to move. A little, like, I, I know I'm, it wasn't a fluke. Like, I know I was better at 195 with, with fights anyway than 210. So maybe it's a similar thing. It, it has to be. I mean, there's, there's a science behind it. I really, I really do believe that. But the only guy to ever uh, ever go against that theory is George Foreman. Oh, George Foreman. Oh, yes. Okay, I thought you were talking about a hockey player. The no, boxer, yeah. Fuck, 
But I mean, I just I just watched a thing on George Foreman. He, he was fighting heavyweight titles at fifty and fifty two. Yeah, I forgot. I remember him saying he's an I older saw... guy. I mean, Rocky, they they fantasized all that. He was fighting for real. He won the heavyweight championship at forty. What was he? Forty five or forty six? Something like that. And then yeah. he came back a few years later, he, and, and he and he beat Michael Moore, who was a legitimate legitimate boxer at the time. I mean, he was a heavyweight, right? So. Uh, that's a great story. I just saw that movie too on uh, on Netflix. Yeah, for sure. I was really surprised. I, you know, you didn't I know, know that story, legend. eh? No, really. Okay, I, um, I just I, I, I'm surprised. I would have thought you followed boxing back in the day. No, like a little bit. Definitely not ages. You know, to to me, there was some moments that were bigger than life itself. Tyson, uh, Holyfield, not Tyson at all. Just just. But obviously, the Tyson Holyfield, the big one when he bit his ear, that's a big thing. But, and I remember George Foreman almost being like, I liked him because he wasn't the kind, like, there was always a joke, tongue in cheek. Like, Tyson really looked like he was going to bite your head off, which he might have. That really, I mean that jokingly, but, you know, he really might. Uh, but he looked so serious and, and like, a, you know, almost like if you came across him, he would just obliterate I met, I met, you. I met Mike Tyson. Wow, where? Yeah. So I was down in uh, I was down in Arizona. Uh, Brad May had a charity hockey hockey uh, weekend the year of the lockout. So I went to Arizona, and a bunch of guys were there, and uh, it was a great weekend. Like golf, went to the Phoenix Suns game. You know, hung out with Steve Nash at the time. He was the MVP of the league, and so we're down there. And at this charity game, I can't remember how many people were there. It was a good crowd. Jr. was there. And Tyson's in the crowd, and Mayday comes over. He goes, "Hey, Tyson's over there." Ty he's got wow. you, know, you look, and and you see that like that infamous like uh, tattoo yeah, on his yeah. face. I'm like, "Holy shit, that's really him!" And I skated wow. over to the glass, and I'm banging on the glass. I'm like, "Come on!" Like, and he's laughing, and he's giving us me and uh, uh, Garrett Burnett. Remember him? I do. We went over, yeah, yeah, God we went over at, a, at a, like a, at a timeout. We were tapping on the glass and just kind of yucking it up with Tyson. He comes down to the locker room after. So he's walking through, and and I got to I got to meet him and talk to him for a few minutes. But all he cared about was seeing Jeremy Roenick. He's like, "Where's Jeremy? Where's Jeremy?" And he's walking through. Where's Jeremy Roenick? Got the one. That's really? like he's got this. Here he is, this like absolute killer, and I'm towering over him, and he's got this like high pitched voice, and I'm just I couldn't believe I was standing there talking to Iron Mike Tyson. Yes, yeah, I was. You, I got know, him to I sign my. Uh, I have his autograph. I got him to sign my charity game jersey. That is a great story. Yeah. See, when you asked me about, see, the stories of growing up looking at Tyson, it was two different things. I looked at him as, as like a ferocious animal almost. Uh, but later, super he, he, nice like, guy. Like, he, yeah. was, like, he was really friendly and like engaging in conversation. Where are you playing? Where are you from? And I'm just kind of like, holy shit. Because, you know, he, he like knows post, that I know everything about him. Who doesn't? You know what I mean? We know yeah, where he who came doesn't. from, right? And I, he seems in interviews, but even back then, he wasn't even doing many interviews, and he was putting on a front, as boxers do. To get back to it, I like Foreman because he never he seemed to always be in on the joke. But Tyson now, like Tyson to me now, is what Foreman was to me then. Like he seems approachable. I'm glad you said that. I think you're the first person I've known that actually met him. But you know, in his is in his interviews, he seems way more laid back. You you gain knowledge with age, I guess, right? But. It's an evolution, but the guy seems really approachable now. He certainly didn't in 1991. <laughs> yeah, no, I would say that's probably accurate. I probably might not have engaged with him the same way, though. 
Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, you probably wouldn't have. You know, now yeah. this is this is new Mike we were talking to. So um, that made a bit of a difference. Do you, speaking of all that, uh, 9-11 just happened. Do you remember? Because I, 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 I'm just curious if you remember. I was in a room with John Erskine at, at the end of that story I told you. Do you remember where you were? Me and my buddies oh, yeah. were together yesterday. And most of the dressing, there's only so many things in my life I remember exactly where I was. Do you? Where were you? It oh. had to be camp. Hockey players were in camp, weren't they? So you, I'll tell you a very quick kind of interesting story surrounding this. I grew up in St. Catharines, which is 45 minutes from Buffalo. Yeah. So I oh. drove in that morning was fitness testing and, and all that stuff, like get your medicals done like the whole day. And I got there early that morning because I was a rookie. So rookies go in early. So I got, and this is before rookie camp and you get everything done there. You all do it at, at the main camp. So I was there like 6 a.m. in Buffalo at 6 a.m. doing medicals. I was out by 11. Uh, no, I was out by probably nine. I was across the border. And back home, and I just remember wow. my brother turned on the TV. I was packing because training camp was supposed to start in my hometown in St. Catharines. Yeah. So I just went back home, was going to pack, load up my car, and meet at the hotel that night. So I'm now I'm on the other side of the border, okay? No one really knows what's going on. Then the whole country shuts down, and now tonight we have a meeting at 7 o'clock at the hotel, which was supposed to be at White Oaks in St. Catharines. But now they've changed it to the Marriott in Buffalo. Borders are closed. Airlines are closed. I'm on the other side. I'm the only person not in America. You're the only one. That was the, my next question. I'm the only one, and I'm a 21-year-old prospect. <laughs> <laughs> and you're over there. And sorry, boys. You must have had to stay over for a while. Well, I took the risk. I drove to the border that night, and they kept me at the border for like 45 minutes where are you going why are you going the whole thing i mean i had my all my visas and everything i'm like listen i'm just going to training camp i'm a pro hockey player we have camp like 15 minutes up the road in, in amherst now because it was supposed to be in st Catharines. i had to tell the whole story they finally let me go after wow a long long stint with the customs and, and border and immigration and all that stuff. I'm surprised because that was the beginning of a whole new the era first day. of border. It's the of, first of day. any flight anywhere, borders. I show up to the Marriott and I sprint up the stairs and the meeting's over. But I had spoken to, think, thankfully, cell phones were in effect. I called director of player personnel and I told him what was going on. He's like, get there when you can. I'll explain it. Totally understandable excuse. And I walk in and the first person I see as I'm running up the stairs and I'm 21 is Rob Ray. Of course it is. Of course. It is. Couldn't <laughs> have been Stu Barnes who would have been like, oh man, or Curtis Brown who's, you know, super, you know, hey man, oh, don't worry about it. Everything's going to be fine. Totally. You know, it was Rob Ray. <sighs> Not only was he tough, he looked tough. Like he would have been. He was me. a hard ass on the young guys. But knowing him now, I always, I say this to him all the time. I'm like, I can't believe what a dick you were to all of us. You were such a, you're, and you're, you're such a softy. I said, I can't believe how, how I let you trample on us. Like it's unbelievable. He goes, ah, oh, you guys were all young and weak. But anyway, so he, he's coming out of the stairs. <laughs> he's old school. That's old school. <laughs> he goes, he says to me, not really the meeting you want to be late for, eh? Yeah, and you're <laughs> and just I'm thinking. Like, and all I, all I'm like, you know, I'm like, border to St. Catharines. I'm from there. Went home. I'm like, you know. 
And I wow. was so rattled. First day. So, yes. Do I remember 9-11? I remember the 9-11-2001 very well. Speaking and, uh, of old school, do you, like, what do you make of this Babcock stuff? <laughs> do, do you, like, I, I think, like, Biz showed his, his message, like, that, that someone had sent him. I don't know if it's a player overreaching or, or exaggerating what happened. The whole thing seems peculiar to me. People don't know what I'm talking about. Mike Babcock, I believe, Biz claims that, you know, someone gave him pretty good info from the inside that Babcock was asking to see people's phones and put it through his computer. So every, I, I mean, the way Babcock explains it, it was bring the team together. If there's any <laughs> level of breaking that privacy. That is just here, so weird. fucked up. It just seems weird. It's like he's back again. He's not even camped. No, but it's, I just that's why that's why just so more weird. De- more details have to come out because if like if some it's guy weird. thought it was weird that he wanted to see pictures and stuff, th- this is what I tried to, you know, I try to come up with these scenarios in my head. Like how does Babcock have the nerve to ask for something so private? Right? Yeah. So, especially on the eggshells that he should be on. Correct. So right? like ex- to the point perfectly. So I, I think to myself, could the guy have been like scrolling through his phone with Babcock, showing him his phone and he comes across like maybe him, I don't know, doing a line of Coke or <laughs> I don't know anything. And yeah, he's kind of like, anything. oh, or, or did Babcock actually force him to put it up on the big screen? If he did, that's, that's insane. I think it's fireable. I, if if you did, I think I think you get rid of them. I, it's I insane. I know. But if it's the guy's scrolling through his pictures and Babcock sees something that's like quite character questioning, with you know, he's with his buddies or you know, and he's like, "What? What was that?" He goes, "No, no, no, go back to that." Then I mean, maybe it's kind of like, I mean, maybe get rid I of that. I feel shit. it's an invasion of privacy. Hundred percent. It's like you know, I when guess someone was anything in, how a, do you in a room feel, just if you want to complain about it, but that was I don't know. Ever, man. Do you ever open open your phone to show somebody a picture of, of your kids or something you're doing, acting or whatever, and they're standing over you and you're kind of like, whoa, 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 back the fuck up. Yeah, I'll never do it again. It happened to me once in a bet like a, a, a some I don't know what it was. It was People, something real like, private. I, someone opens their phone to grab a picture, I step back and step away. I don't want to seem like I'm invading their privacy or be or yeah appearing as a creep i'm just to me yeah if i open my phone and i'm like scrolling through my pictures i don't care what it is i mean yeah. i could have a picture of my kid's turd in my toilet blown away at how big it is that i sent to my brother but that doesn't mean anything, i want personal yeah i don't i don't want i don't could want be someone sent you the picture <laughs> sorry to out my kid no, you know, I know exactly what you're saying. Sorry, bro- sorry Brody. But it's just, I, I mean. Could be someone is. sent you the picture. It's insane. It's this insane. story is so insane. And if there's any truth to it, how do you, how do you earn trust again? How do you earn trust? I don't know. It was tough. I think, I think even after some of the, look, some people don't care anyway, but there was something said in Toronto that just kind of pushed that limit. I, I think that the, the mind games, I don't want to get specific. There was a thing with Mitch Murner. It just seemed yeah. odd. I would think that the last few years. Well, do you know what he like did? He asked, he, he asked Mitch. Do you remember what he did? He asked Mitch I believe Marner. he like to kind of to turn on his teammates, right? He asked for a list of players that he thought 
didn't work the hardest or something that could work harder or something along those lines. And God, he, like, it sounds he said, I so want, much like a Michelle Terrian tactic. That's, that's you know, and he's like, and I think Mitch Marner at the young, at a young age is like, well, maybe this guy. Yeah. And then in uh, the meeting, I think Babcock turned around and goes, Mitch Marner thinks that uh, you could work harder too. Don't you Mitch? or something like that. It's terrible. I, I would, I would hate to be asked that question. You're asking me to do that. You're asking me to be a teammate. You drafted me to be the ultimate team player. And now you want me to sell my buddy down the river. And if I don't, you're the coach. You're asking me to pick a side between the coach and the boys. Man, what a terrible position to be in. I don't know. And you're trying to come back from that. Okay. Now, like I said, I think everybody deserves – I mean, second chance is one thing. Depending on what it is, we grow. It's an evolution. But, but that's if, another weird play. This is a weird play. You're coming back. You know all, all eyes are on you. You know it. Just get to fucking coaching. You're a great coach. But if it is know. just what Boone Jenner says – but this is what I said today on our podcast about it. I said, you know, like maybe he wouldn't have the nerve to do that to a Boone Jenner, but maybe he would do it to a younger guy that maybe he has influence over. So that when when the older guys are asked about it, they're just like, what are they talking about? It? No, everything was totally cordial. It was great. He, just, he showed me pictures of his family. I showed him mine. And But then the younger guy is kind of like, well, that's bullshit because in my meeting, he's like searching into my phone. Maybe because he knows Boone Jenner's character. Maybe he doesn't want to mess around with Boone Jenner. Maybe Johnny Goudreau's not going to – he's not going to take that bullshit from Babcock. Yeah, that's – You know, like maybe it's who he imposes his will on versus, you know, um, it being kind of like a general uh, move that he's doing. It's – Either way, it's just if nothing I, else. It's just weird. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing. The fact that that he's even under any kind of scrutiny or question or media press about anything negative this early in his tenure with the Columbus Blue Jackets. I know. Yeah, it's concerning. It nothing out of University of Saskatchewan, though, huh? <laughs> oh God, yeah. Wow. Hey, oh, I was just a freebie. Just here to uh, love the game. Here to love the game. How you guys, how do you set up your pod? You're down there. Do you go into a studio? No, no. We just do it just like you. Just like like this. this. Yeah. Riv doesn't like to leave the house. He's a bit of a hermit, unless it's for his kids' hockey. By the way, he says hello. Uh, He's one of of my favorites, man. Yeah. Yeah, I I love Riv. When I hear him. (laughs) It's his birthday today. A lot of times when he's speaking, see, I see it. I, I hear the old Riv coming out. Uh, remember, I, I think on a recent show, he talked about training camp and he's like, you know, you just go. And the, I remember him saying how they used to call us in the middle and say, guys, we don't want any fights. And he's like, I knew five minutes later, it'd be a fucking yeah. fight. Like, yeah. But he was one of those, like he used to just put his, you know, he's like, oh, he's like, he's having a good time. We'd be, and he just, he'd put the game face on and just go out there and be Riv. And he'd like go like a madman and just fight all comers. Like, Let me tell you. And- see him turn it on because at, by nature, he wanted to just have fun with the boys. It was, just, he was the ultimate guy like that. I can oh. see why he was captain of some teams he was on anyway. No, let me tell you, let me tell you a reason. And I mean this, I, I don't tell this story enough because, you know, Craig and I have been working for so yeah. long together the story doesn't ever come up, but uh, the the long end of it is when he played in Montreal, there wasn't a player in the league that I hated more than Craig Rive. <laughs> I wanted to murder him every time we played him. Okay, he used to say stuff to me. Woody, I was wondering about his chirp. Say so stuff on, on TSN, like his fucking attitude on TS, like you know his backwards hat and his interviews and his fat fucking lip. And so anyway, so yeah, yeah he yeah. comes to Buffalo. 
there's a story behind that, but an exhibition game in Toronto, Ryan Holloway runs Henrik Talinder. So mm-hmm. I go out next year, or I turn around and I go grab Holloway and I follow him around the ice and I grab him and I two punch him. First one yeah. missed, second one landed. So he's down on the ice. Comes back in the game or he stays in the game and I get a pass up, like almost like a like a blindside pass, but I didn't touch the puck and it was way past me and he just comes and railroads me, okay? Who does? Hallwig? Hallwig. A lot of balls Jesus. on this guy. Yeah, yeah, a lot of balls. He was. I thought, he bro- I, mean, I thought he broke my sternum. I couldn't breathe. He was That's at all, that I was all looking the time. Back. The puck was yeah. gone. I looked forward and there, boom, he kills me, okay? I have to wear a donut around my chest. This, this story, we'll get back to Craig Reve in a sec. Yeah. So I have to wear a donut and in, underneath my shoulder pads around my chest as like a com, like a compression absorber. I've seen it before, yeah. Right, and like a like a big foam, soft foam thing to protect the actual contusion of the chest. So the very next exhibition game that that was at home was against Toronto. We had a couple in between, and Holloway's back in the lineup, and I'm in the lineup, and this is my first yeah. game back after that. And I think I rushed back for this game. Fucking, I could play with with a broken arm, broken sternum, nose, ankle, and I could still take care of Ryan Holloway. No disrespect. I liked him as a player. But I went right after him. We had a shift in our zone. I think I just followed him around. I was out of position the entire shift. It's an exhibition game. I didn't give a shit. Lindy knew what I was doing. You're proving a point. You're there chasing around. And And he needs to fucking know it. He's going to make the team for you. I'm not doing anything dirty. Just like, hey, hey. Hey, just kind of pulling his arm. Hey, not going to jump him. Not going to do anything dirty. I'm not going to sucker him. I'm not doing that. I'm going to, I'm going to do this face to face. I'm like, Hey, Hey, come on, come on. Hey, he gets in the corner. I'm leaning on him, leaning on him. In comes old man river, just fucking buries him, faces him, shoves him. He goes, Hey, let's fucking go. And he drops his gloves and just starts fucking pounding Ryan Holloway. Okay. (laughs) I had no idea what happened. Did you know that you were trying to get him to go? Well, he, Holloway had done nothing to Craig that entire shift because yeah, yeah. I was on him the entire time. Yeah, did, did, did Rivy know that you were asking him and he Riv wasn't? Never, Riv didn't play in the game in oh. Toronto, but he knew, I guess he knew what happened. I, I see, yes, yes, I yes. I think okay. I might have even told him, I'm going to fucking murder Holloway tonight. Tonight yeah, I'm yeah. going to kill Holloway. And Riv gets him, <laughs> right? And after the game, he gets interviewed. They're like, why did you fight? You're a veteran in the league. You're already on the team. You're, cap- you're going to be one of the captains. He's like, he did something to Petey earlier, and he didn't want to stand up for it, so I thought I'd address it, right? I was like, holy shit, this is unbelievable. Like, the, the, yeah. this, is, this is a guy two weeks ago I hated, okay? So yeah. let's yeah. fast forward to December. Quick story for you. That still goes along with, with Craig. Yeah, yeah. We're playing against St. Louis. They have Cam Jansen and David Kosey in the lineup. Oh, yeah. Our team hasn't been going very well. I haven't been in the lineup for a few games. Magically, for some reason, Lindy decides to put me in. We know why. Yeah. Two reasons. Jansen and Kosey. Okay. So I'm like, I'm going to make a statement. I fought David Kosey early in the game. Long fight. Later in that period, in the first period, I fought Cam Jansen. I fought them both, and the bench was just kind of like, you know, at this time we're starting to play with guys that didn't quite understand what I was trying to do. You got some first-rounders from like 2007, 8 now in the lineup, and they're kind of like they – 
they're coming from fucking high school, U.S. high school, college teams, and they don't get this. Yeah. Right? There's yeah. kind of like casual, like blade taps. Some guys don't even get up. They're probably just like, fuck, what was that even for? You know what I mean? Fuck. You've got your foot in both eras, and the new era is not understanding. Yeah. And, I, and I was getting it. I could kind of sense it yeah. with guys, you know, that they just didn't kind of get, yeah. get it, you know, which is their problem. And uh, Riv comes in the locker room. <laughs> he throws his shit in his stall. He turns around, like, you hear all the tape, like, guys talking, like, hey, man, when you cycle the puck there, I'm open in the corner, and then, then, you know, all the fucking cool hockey, like, shift talk. Craig turns around and goes, hey, do any of you have any fucking idea how hard a job it is that Andrew Peters just did for our team? Any of you? <laughs> I love that he did this. Right? And it's quiet in the room. And I'm now I'm kind of like embarrassed. I'm like, don't do this, Riff. Like in my head. He's like, anyone? He's like, if I ever fucking see nobody stand up, if everyone doesn't stand up after a fucking fight like that, you don't belong in this fucking team. That's fucking bullshit. Anyone know how fucking hard that is? Anyway, that was it. Wow, now I, I got all it. the guys coming out to me. It's like laying down their jersey for Charlie Conway and the Mighty Ducks. Just fuck. It's kind of like, hey, Petey, great job, great no, job. But, and I'm just kind but of. But I like, love that it was, because you know people think that just that's not a case of coming in and snapping when you lose. That's not trying to look good for the camera. That's not oh the coach is there. I'm going to be Craig Rive. That because you know not always is that corrected. It's not like you lost through the game or he's going out there saying, look, I know what it takes to be a fucking player and a leader and to come into this league and have to do that. Yeah. And you fucking guys that are silver spooned that have no idea what that's like. Let's give some recognition. Not every yeah. captain has to do that. No, no. But I mean, I played with guys that would wait until the coach would come in, keep their helmets and shit on after yeah. the game when they lost tough game. And everyone's kind of like, you know, I'll shake it off. Let's get undressed. And they keep their, keep their helmet on. Then coach walks in, knows exactly when the coach is walking. And then when the coach terrible, walks yeah. in, throws his helmet on the ground and they're like oh yeah see we need to be just as mad as him he's a he's angry he deserves to be angry he played hard tonight like fucking guy can't Pretend stand that it. and see you know what you might win that uh, battle but you lose the war because i know i know every single motherfucker that i played with like that and i'll never look at him in the same and we haven't yeah. played on the same team in over a decade yeah. or more and you know what I mean? Whatever. You can lose. To me, you lose respect your whole fucking life. Anyone on my team that ever hears that comment will know the guy or guys that I'm talking about. Right? Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use promo code THPN to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network. The crown is yours with promo code THPN. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. 
Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. I don't know how much you're into football. I don't think a, a ton, but I know that you watched the Jets beat the Bills on the worst circumstances. Do you think Aaron Rodgers will play again, just given that he's almost God, 40? It's but amazing he's you're asking, because I, I don't talk football, really, and I was asking the same question. I watch yeah. Hard Knocks every year, and they just happen to be on the Jets, and... What like, a is a panic button yes, built in, 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 in Buffalo right now? What's that? You would know that. Is it panic button down there? Like, I mean, last year, everybody's saying the Bills are going to go 15-0, and and Allen's the best quarterback. They are killing now. Josh Allen right now, and I'm just kind of like, man, like it's one game. One game. That's it's crazy in football, The fucking man. rust off. Yeah. One goddamn score and win the next – how many games are there in the league now? Because there's 17 17. Games. Yeah. See, I don't really follow it that closely. No, you do I, enough. It was only 17 the last three years before that. But, was 16. but to answer your question, I think Aaron Rodgers will come back and play, try to play next year, and I'll tell you why. That's not how he wanted to go out. That is not how he wanted to go out. Now, the problem is he has had quite an impact in a short period of time on that Wilson kid, that Zach Wilson. Yeah. And he, he won that game for them. The other night. Well, Josh Allen he helped him, but he won that game. But he did. He and, wasn't perfect, but he made the plays when he had to. Yeah. And if you watch, if you watch well, that big play at the end, the run in overtime, yeah. but if you watch hard knocks, this kid has never been more humbled. And I think watching Aaron Rodgers and how he talks to people, how he treats people, how he conducts himself really helped this kid. And I think you're going to see. I think Aaron Rodgers will be back, but hopefully he's around this kid. I'm not a Jets fan, but I like to see people do well. I really do. I'm, I'm not a Jets fan, but like, I'm not even a Rodgers fan. But when I saw him coming out on September 11th with the flag, and it's one of those fan bases that's often been tortured, and I'm going, wow, these people are pumped in four plays. <laughs> oh, God, the energy was, you know, it, it's impossible not to feed off that pos pos positive energy. Now, oh, I I couldn't believe they won the what game, happened. but still, I wow! Couldn't believe what happened, but yes, to answer your question, the roasting Josh Allen, and I do think, I do think uh, Rogers will be back because I don't think that's how he would have wanted to go out. But maybe, I mean, there's nothing for him to play for, which is probably why you're asking the question. But I, yeah. I don't know. He has one. More I know. I was asking for a few reasons. I was just curious. Someone asked me his why, and I said, you know what? That's it's a, a great that's question. A question. I think he's got a. Question. You know, yeah. Being, I mean, he's got a huge ego, and I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way. You use your ego to your advantage sometimes. If he wants to harness that energy and play again, then it's going to be tough, though. Part of the reason I ask is because Achilles aren't easy to get over. But no. So if he wants to, he's going to have to really be committed. He might just but, have you know, to go back to a dark room for another few days or whatever, dark yeah, house. for like whatever. And he's given them a break, isn't he, at like $20-odd million? Hey, what? <laughs> there is. There are tens of millions of dollars. <laughs> People talk, well, well, Achilles is hard to get through. Well, yes, yes and no. Certainly <laughs> is. But well, not with a guaranteed 18 million. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> I get through it just fine. <laughs> yeah, just fine. Yeah. Um, so 
Something else. I'm answering some of my own podcast questions, by the way, and I'll get to social media last after this. So people are asking me, like, really, I'm surprised at how many people don't think that it's a good signing to sign Ryan Reeves. Like, you got to have somebody there. He's an NHLer. In my mind, I don't know. Does, doesn't he still carry? I mean, he carries. I, I don't know if he's the undisputed. I, I would think most people I talk to think he's the toughest or at least one of them. Now he's going to be there for a team that has had that kind of moniker not to be. And, you know, they added Bertuzzi and, and, and Domi. And I think in your words, confident and cocky guys that I think they needed. But I don't know. I don't think Reeves is that bad. And it, I, for Matthews and Marner and company to know that he's there, am I wrong? I, you know, I'm not trying to be old school when I say this. I just I guess player. I have to ask you this. I, I, I try to read as little, and we talked about this earlier off the air about on social media as possible and formulate my own opinions and, yeah, you know, proper thing. because that way you're not hijacking anyone's point. You're always coming up with your own original thought. And so to anyone that thinks that Ryan Reeves is not a good addition to the Toronto Maple Leafs needs, needs to give their goddamn head a shake. Okay. Okay. I, I didn't know I what you think. I fucking was hoping to God that the Buffalo Sabres would have gone and paid him. And if I were Kevin Adams, I would have paid him another million dollars more to get him to Buffalo. See, or I think Nick, so Or too. Nick DeLaurier last year. Because, yeah. you know, what did Ottawa do immediately after that? They countered and they went and signed Zach McEwen. And yeah. they have a couple other guys that may not be gunslingers like uh, Reeves is. But if you're going to tell me that there is not intimidation factor, this guy can play hockey. I'm yeah. sorry. Do you know what the problem is? Is that Ryan Reeves can be on the ice for eight minutes a night. That's a fucking yeah. problem for a lot of teams. It's I'm going to tell problem. you that right now. And, and Lucic is in the division. I can't wait. Right, Milan Lucic will not. And I watched him last year in some games in Calgary. He looked like a force some nights. Okay. I know. I know. He I think it was not, just the contract he, a few years ago. People got, you know, expecting 30 say, goals, but he's, he's good at what gonna, he does. He's not going to say boo against the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's not going to say yeah. fucking boo. Okay. Yeah. And neither is anybody else, really, except for maybe Nick Delorier, except for maybe Curtis McDermott, except for maybe these guys that are in the yeah. league. Maybe There's few, you can count them on one goddamn hand. Okay. So yeah. Ryan Reeves cycles the puck well, he goes straight to the net. He can handle the puck. He dumps it in. He, he forechecks hard. He can skate. He can body check cleanly. This is a massive pickup for the Leafs. Absolutely massive pickup for the Leafs. And I'm going to tell you what, man. Like I'm a, I, I follow the Sabres. I'm loyal to the Sabres. But I'm very interested to see what these three players do for Toronto. That's it. It's going to be interesting. I, and, I, and I, I love the signing. I, I think now, Grant, I think he's cocky as hell. And he can yeah. be. Which is which speaks to the toughness of the game because he would Ryan Reeves, just just so we're clear on something, I know in 1990 or the early 2000s wouldn't be walking around going Revo seven five I got my own beer and he'd be one uh, of many he would be fucking guy would be shitting himself on a nightly basis get lost in the shuffle yeah yeah this guy would not be so he is playing our era there was there was craziness going on it's great that he can play in this era and I think he still can. But I'm going to tell you what, he would he is able to play the way he does because he's very comfortable and in control every single night. And I played games like that in the NHL, and I played well those nights. Yeah. I, played, you, I had yeah. really good games in the NHL with no points when there was no tough guy in the other lineup because I didn't. Have, I wasn't going out there to be a donkey. I was just going out there to play hockey, play hard. 
isn't it a different mindset? Oh, right. So yeah. what I'm so saying. So no wonder why he can skate around and be as he is literally in control. And I just think that's to myself, what I mean. Like, and I've said to people, I'm like, look, I've been on both sides of it. I'm exa- I know that feeling. I don't Looking put over him at warm up and going like, oh, so and so is out, so and so is out. Oh no my offense. god, I don't put him at a different level than Nick Tarnaski. No, I know. No, Tarnaski's exactly. tough as nails. Could fight heavyweights. Same size as Reeves. Throws both hands. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, there a uh, Joey Tedarenko. Yeah, remember Joey Tedarenko? I bet you do. Could fight yeah. the heavyweights. He would you fight know? the heavyweights, no problem. That's, yeah, Joey like, would so throw down. These are guys that are on the same level as Ryan Reeves, I think, when it comes to, to toughness. Belak, McGratton. I'm not even going to say me. I'm not even going to put myself in that category because I don't have to. Yeah. Matt Johnson, Ty Domi. The, bo- the boogeyman? Yeah, the bo- of Bo-Gard. course. Bugard. LaRock. I mean, yeah. I like Jody Shelley. Colt Nor. <sighs> yeah, they're. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry, but I just named guys that, that were in lineups every single night. And like you said, if they weren't playing, that's a good. Because what I try to say to people, I'm like, you don't understand the psyche how it changes now with Marner and Matthews and those guys. Because if I'm on the other team and I'm half tough, I'm going, do I really want to hit Matthews come across the middle now with his head down when Reeves is coming? And I'm the only guy here that might even go him. And he's going to be, I'm not saying that that goes to your head every time, but subconsciously a hundred percent, they're going to get hit less. They're going to have an easier road. I don't know to what degree, but it's going to be slightly easier with Ryan Reeves and company, but definitely with Reeves in the lineup. These other guys too, man. I don't know, Bertuzzi, Domi, I love it. They can go anywhere in the lineup, and they got a little bit of piss and vinegar involved, you know, in and their I, game. I like, I like this goalie, Samsonov. I know, but listen, coming into this year, I don't. everybody was talking about it like it was this big chance. I'm like, he went in the first round, he had a couple of good years, he had one off year, and everybody's down on him in, in a world that people should know how hard it is to be a goalie. You know, and when like goalies hit their primes. And when they hit their primes, and there's yeah. going to be... Times that you're a little bit off. I mean, you know, if when you're they coming in now, him, I was like, that is massive. Well, That's... I mean, I think that Sabres, who's Devin Levi, is it? He's a young kid, yeah. right? Yeah. He's coming. I got every bit of confidence, but to me, Samsonov is a step in between, like, you know, someone that's 35 that's been around a long time. And a guy just coming in, Samsonov has games played. He's got pressure. Maybe playing in that situation, there's a few guys around. I think it's great. I think Samsonov, especially coming off of Campbell, was a little bit unpredictable. Um, are you know? Are you, and a, I don't, I, a, I, are you I a Leaf guy? I'm not a Leaf guy. I got a buddy there now that uh, is the equipment manager. So if they win, you know, great. But I and I got a lot of people that listen that that follow the Habs and the Leafs more than anything. So I. And, you know, they're on TV. I cover the Oilers now, too, with Gregor. So, with Jason Gregor. So, Mondays and Thursdays, uh, for those listening, the Jason Gregor Show on Sports 1440. Anyway, I try to pay attention to the Canadian teams just because I get so much traffic on them. Yeah. Um, Leafs know more than anybody else, but I do find it a really intriguing story. I'm sorry. I find the two most intriguing stories in Canada, the Oilers and the Leafs, uh, you know, I, I think... When it comes to, I know I'm talking a lot. No, I can I tell you one you, thing about the Leafs that I I don't like? Please, please. I never in a million years. Four guys more than ten million. Uh, no offense, but I don't about? think I don't think Austin Matthews is worth thirteen point two five million. So, but here's the thing: I um, 
I don't care what the cap's going up. I, I just, I don't, I don't care. I, I don't think he's worth thirteen point five million. I would have let him play this year out. And if he wanted would to, be allow, a league, okay, that's interesting. Now, he, what was you, he making before? He was making like eleven. Well, something. his contract doesn't start till next year. This thirteen, he has one more year at eleven point what? Eleven point seven six, something like that. Something like that. So, so he was going to get a raise. He was well. He's also hurt a lot. He's hurt, he's hurt a lot here, and and if they'd won, it would. I'm sure if they'd gotten to the third round or something, it would probably they'd be. They've only gone to the different. second round once with this guy. So interesting take. Like so you, and you figure I'm, four years. What do you figure about the the, the term, the four years? Uh, well, now it's just it's confirmation that he'll wait till the arena's built in Arizona, and then he'll head to Arizona on a, on a retirement plan. Interesting. I They're mean, not, I love this take. Arizona is going to be good, I think, in a few years. I like their young and players. It's his hometown. They'll have a new hey, rink. They're so big. They're such a big team. Go look at their team. They're big. They're going to be good. I think they're going to be good, and I like that. I like that Arizona is going to be good. Speaking but, of big, too, like a lot of people, here's one thing. Here's something. Uh, like a lot of people... And they say, you know, so-and-so would do better now. It's a small man's game now. There's there, there's way more room for small guys. But I'm going, I think people are mixing up, like, hits and fights. With, it's still physics. In my mind, If because I, I know when I played, the average size, I was average. Almost 6'1", 195. Now it's gone up. It's like 6'2", 205. So all I'm saying to people is that if the average size has gone up, it, there can't be more smaller players. I mean... I I get it that it's less physical and Johnny Goudreau doesn't have to have his head up going through the middle as much. But still, there was players back then like Theron and Fleury. They might have changed their style. Yet there, there are some small I think, guys. I think now the wording can... needs to change. It's not, a, it's not a tough guy game or it's not a physical guy's game. But yeah. a big man's game? Are you kidding me? Look some at of the, the D on the last few teams that have won. And you know how hard it is to give. Yeah. The worst thing I could say is worse is looking over and going, I know I'm going to fight Frank the Animal tonight. By Lois or or whatever is going. Oh my God! They don't have a D man under six four. You know, and that, teams are building their their teams around this now. And I think that's as powerful as anything. Am I wrong? Yes. No, you're not wrong. Look at Buffalo. They have Darlene six three. They have Samuelson six six. They got Power six six. You know, they have Yoki Haru will probably probably play with Power, but they they have uh, Johnson. What's Johnson? Six three, six four. Yeah. Big. Um, so they yeah. have they have a good sized crop of defensemen. I think they need another one, to be honest with you. But yes, big defensemen, strong goaltending. I like big. I like big forwards. I like big forwards that can play. I mean, well, look at Tage. Uh, Tage. By the way, Tage Thompson. I mean, did Dylan you guys Cousins. know he was going to be this good? Did, yeah, in the last two years. I looked at Tage Thompson's. I don't need to look at him right now. I've looked at his stats enough. Pretty much, he played college like a decent amount, you know, but but no more than any huge prospect coming in. And then like a bunch of years with like you know, really low numbers. Did you guys see this coming? That he, I think he had thirty-two or something last not year, to or this, two not years to ago. This level. In fact, in fact, I'll I'll tell you straight up. I I thought that contract was premature. I thought it was too early. I'm like, it's one year. It's one year. And had they waited on the one year, well, what they'd be paying him ten, nine and a half, ten. Yeah. So what happened two years ago for him to break out and get thirty odd goals and then forty odd? Before that, it wasn't well, even close. So Casey Middlestad got hurt in training camp, 
for a long yeah. time, and Tage Thompson was moved to center by Don Granado. And it was an experiment, and it worked. And then Alex Tuck came in and added to that line. So there's uh, there's a lot, like Tage Thompson, there's a lot of stars that align for him. But, I mean, in the end, if you see some of the moves he's pulling off. It's crazy, yeah. And, it and here's the thing. So, so I, I, I did. I was like, it's too premature. He's unproven. I, I've met him before. You know who his dad is, eh? Yeah, but I fought him a couple times in the A. I just found out Brent Thompson, right? Brent Thompson. Yeah. Fucking absolute nut job. But anyway, so yeah. so I've met the kid. He's a great kid. He's, a, he's not a kid anymore. He's a great guy. And that first year, I was like, Oof, hopefully that's not just a fluke. Then he had last year on, on the last year of that deal at 1.6. So the real pressure hits now. Yeah. Because now this is the first year going into fifty million dollar contract. So last year, anything over seventy five points is golden because he's making one point six, one point seven. Now Fuck. the pressure starts. So what he does this year under the pressure of a big contract on a year where the team is expected to make the playoffs, I look forward to seeing it. This is where the and true look, and even where the there. true star comes out. So here, I find I find it fascinating. One of the most fascinating parts of hockey now being these four. It's Ottawa. It's Detroit. It's Buffalo. There's another bottom dweller there that just got a lot better. Pittsburgh, not really a bottom dweller, but added to their team, Nolachari and some other guys. Well, Montreal, Columbus look. maybe. Columbus is a bottom dweller that added some pieces. They got the new dickhead coach that... Wants this, a pervert that wants to see the pictures, and then you got uh, they got the two defensemen. Yeah, um, and a couple a couple of years ago, Jersey were in that position. Now Jersey have really evolved extremely quick, but but if like if if Ottawa, I, I'm putting Buffalo well ahead of Detroit, but a lot of people aren't. Like they're still like you would think Buffalo would be a lock this year to make the playoffs, given everything you just mentioned. No, with they're all not. The pro- prospects or or. Are, are coming into their own now, but I think the other teams are going to get a lot better too. And they kind of like too. Ottawa has almost the same kind of plan. Like Detroit is better. They're I don't know that they're on par with Buffalo in terms of potential talent, but, they're but better. they are they are better right? than they were last. It's not crazy year. for them to to you know right. to improve a lot. And then Ottawa is the team that I think had a slow start last year, yeah. and were expected to be better than they were and they missed that they barely missed the playoffs. If you remember Ottawa was on fire at the end of the year. And now you're adding Josh Norris who missed all year, 35 goal Absolutely. scorer who's only getting better. Right? We're just to deposit him into the lineup now. He wasn't around. We didn't trade anything. We're just adding a guy who's probably going to get 40 if he plays a lot. That's huge. Ottawa's team is going to be very interesting. So it's no lock for Buffalo. It's no lock for a few teams, but it's going to be crazy for that final wild card spot in the East. That's for sure. I mean, that's. And I hear, you know, I hear, no, it is. I, I hear that the players love DJ in Ottawa. That's a big thing. Especially he was nowadays. Tough as nails, too. He was a junior yeah. legend in the OHL, DJ Smith. So I, I ended up playing with him in St. John's, right? He was, uh, we hung out quite a bit. And uh, I talked to him last year. DJ will drop in on me once in a blue moon. And yeah. uh, he called me, just was sitting in the, having a coffee in the afternoon. Hey, T-Bone, what's up? 
What do you think? And I was like, great. Perfect DJ. Talked to him for a half hour. I probably won't see him again now until 2028. But <laughs> great fella. Always kept in touch a little bit. And I tell you this. That guy was ready to play. That guy was a teammate. He was a gamer. If I've ever yeah. seen a gamer. Oh, yeah. Now, I, I thought so in the AHL. I'd heard stories from the O, and he could really fight too. Way underrated. Anyway. Yeah, he's tough as nails, man. DJ Smith. When you leave now, and I appreciate this. We've been on over an hour. I'm going to take off. But uh, when you leave now today, you're in Buffalo. What, what, what's a typical day in the life of Andrew Peters consist of? Well, this is my week with my son. So I have a uh, week on, week off with my little guy. So mm, I'll have a battle tonight at some point with him about homework. Um <laughs> Yeah, which is which is totally fine. I mean, I always I've win that, that battle, but it's just I've it's always a, he likes to try to just just you know, just let me know how how miserable he is about the need to do homework. Um, might go skate with my brother's hockey team, and if not, I'll go play tennis with my son. I mean, that's that's kind of we always do something active every day. Bas- he's a basketball nut, doesn't play hockey, uh, has no interest in hockey whatsoever. My daughter's saying my daughter plays soccer, basketball, no interest in hockey yeah, whatsoever. My kids soccer, with basketball, with tennis. He bowls. My kids, he's a very good bowler. Um, so I just kind of let him do whatever. He's a good golfer. He, he kind of plays. He's 10. Fuck, he's 10. Like, everyone's like, what's he play? I'm like, he plays everything. <laughs> I mean, like, he's, mean? he's yeah. I'm trying, like, when it comes to sports, if he's inner, I don't force him to do anything. He has to be active, period. He's a kid. But I don't tell him, you have to play tennis. You want to play tennis lessons? You want to do tennis lessons? No. Okay. You want to go play tennis at the courts with dad? Yes. Okay, let's go. You know what I mean? I don't force to do anything. Basketball this year, there's a travel basketball that starts at 10. He doesn't want to play travel basketball. He's good enough to. He's definitely good enough to. But he's like, Dad, I don't want to play travel basketball this year. I was like, we're not playing travel basketball then. I don't Amen. give a shit because I'm not going to be a parent that signs him up and puts him in something because he might be decent at it. <laughs> and I have some hope and fucking pipe dream about anything. Because you've if seen it. If he's not happy leaving the house to go to an activity, he's not going. Dude, so many, you know, I don't need to get into it and waste more airtime. I've talked about it before, but a lot of these parents that are living through their kids, it's so obvious. And I don't know if it's because I came up and I, we were elite hockey players one way or another. And we looked around and I saw a lot of those, just one example, just saw a lot of those people, guys and girls that I knew were never going anywhere that were having way less fun than me because their parents were pushing them. They were making them do it. There's a difference. You know, point someone in the general direction. Now go on, fly away, little birdie. Well, let Meet me, your let friends, me, go out and play soccer, whatever. Let and me tell you a story that changed. Shot well, clock. Or, yeah, I'll tell ahead. you a quick story that changed my life before I let you go about my dad. Um, my brother, as you know, was an, an incredible hockey player. He was a second overall pick in the OHL, second rounder in the NHL, you know, didn't play in the yeah. NHL. I went to camps of, with him. He was a great player. Yeah. Oh, he was. He's. I'm. It's not even. It's an understatement to say how phenomenal he was. Okay. Um. So that being said, my parents handled me very differently than him, and by that I mean I think every parent might appear crazy when it comes to hockey players because of maybe what they do or the lengths they'll go to for their kid like hockey players make families broke man but but it's it's you're so close but so far you know what i mean so it's kind of like that gamble and you'll do anything for your kids so my brother had a chance to move away from home at 14 to go to toronto and and 
he was asked by the Wexford Raiders, do you want to come and play with us? You'll live with the coach and everything. And, and my parents, I remember, I was a kid. I watched this all happen. They, they gave him the choice. And then my, my, my brother's like, yes, I want to go. So they let him go. People thought that was crazy. People thought, you know, whatever. It's, 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 what, it's what happened. So point is, year, a couple years later, maybe even a year later, I was nowhere near as good as a hockey player as my brother. Okay. So I just felt like chasing that path was so unrealistic for me. And I walked, I walked to my, walked home from school that day. My father was the athletic director at Ridley college and we practically lived right on campus in a school home. He was the director of athletics and, and I walked right over to his office and I remember I said, dad, it was the end of a school, a hockey season. And I said, Dad, I don't think I want to play hockey anymore. I think I was probably 12. Yeah. Maybe 11. 12 for maybe 12. Sixth grade. So, and I, I said, uh, I said, I don't want to play hockey anymore. And he said, okay. Well, what are you going to do? Because you can't sit around and do nothing. He said, so you got to pick an activity wow. that you can do, but whatever it is, I don't care. So my dad was a squash coach, coached at Princeton University. And I said, I don't know, maybe I, maybe I can play squash. He goes, okay, great. He's like, do you want me to coach you? Do you want me to find you a coach? Do you want me to find you a place to go? And I said, no, can you coach me? And he said, yeah, I'll coach you. So I left his office. He goes, go home and I'll see you at dinner time. It's exactly what he said to me verbatim. And I remember I walked home. And I was like, huh, so I don't have to play hockey. It wasn't, yeah, it was a realization. You figured in the back of your mind that I yeah, you had, had a choice. Yeah. And I, I, and I, from that moment, I was like, huh, okay. So I guess it doesn't matter how good I am. I guess it doesn't matter if I live up to my brother's yeah. expectations or level at that point, being a ranked in the second overall pick in the OHL draft. I mean, it's, you know, it was a little more clear to me that I didn't have that pressure. Right. So, Which is great. You know, it's funny you say that because, you know, I had a similar story as your brother. But I only played hockey to be able to hang around my brother and, and be able to hang with his his buddies because they were the cool guys. So in see, order for me to be able to hang that. with my brother, I had to be not a hockey player, but I had to be good because they were on the ice together. They were skating hard together. And I had to just fucking fight to keep up. And they kicked the shit out of me, man. So, But you kept doing it. Oh, but you did do it back. because your yeah. father made you. When I, like, when I went away, that's people. A lot of my dad got shit because a lot of people thought he was forcing. He was the opposite. He he knew I was good and he he, got, he provided the opportunity. But I remember being on the plane. He's like, "We oh, we can get off now." I'm like, "What?" I, I remember, I, but I'd rather play for O'Donnell. I'd get 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 a hat trick every game. You know, like I'm supposed to grow up, Dad, not to go away and play jeans. <laughs> like, sure, I, I, we can, but he's you still he, he, exactly. You still got to stay focused. You know, you're going to get through school. You still got to pass your exams and everything. There's going to be an opportunity for you, Terry. You're an elite player. Now, I don't care where you go. We can get off the plane right now. Yeah. And he was never one to force me or you got to, but he would, you know, always provide that opportunity. Terry, if you want to work out here, here's the I money remember for when it. I was 16, I was talking to, I was figuring out where I was going to play tier two. And, you know, I had an agent at the time who I eventually fired, but, I mean, I was I was calling teams on my own. I mean, I was talking to teams. I was talking to Milton. I was talking to Georgetown. And I picked Georgetown that year because the coach calls me. 
and I'm like, oh, I want to go to a good team because I don't want to play on a bad team. I need to get drafted high in the OHL. Like this is when I'm, you know, hockey's yeah. starting to get a little more serious for me. And I'm 16 and I get this call from a guy by the name of Rick Bince. And he says, Andy, I'm going to be flat out honest with you. We're going to suck this year. We're going to suck. And I can't pay you anything. But you're going to play a lot. <laughs> Music to your ears. And I said, where is this again? He said, Georgetown, Tier 2 Junior A, OPGAHL, or whatever it was at the time. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I'm in. <laughs> I'm like, like, I'm in. We won three games that year. It's so and, funny, though. That and I went they, in the second round of the OHL draft. I probably could have gone in the first if, you know, I'd done more or whatever, but I didn't. I went in the second round, and that's fine. But I played a ton. And if I didn't play hard, I didn't play. So he kept the promise, you know? See, see how you, you just told a story about your brother, and then you told yourself one about yourself. Totally different. Your motivating factors were different. You're both clearly talented from the same family. I mean, you clearly a similar route. But it, when people ask me, and you know, what is this route or that route or what should I? I'm like, everybody's different. Yeah, your experience yeah. was completely different up to that age, right? Yeah, now, yeah. you're still a big prospect and everything. But I see what you mean, and I love the brotherly part of it. That, you know, what drove you with McMorrow, something in you drove you, you know, I don't want to be out with my brother and suck. I don't want to be with him yeah. and his friends. And look, you know, even though it was floating around up here subconsciously, yeah. you probably didn't even realize it to think it out. But, you know, there's something. I'm intrigued by athletes and what motivates them. And there, often it's a story. Like, you know, that really helped you at camp that year, the thing with, with McMorrow, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. It helped yeah. you. It helped you be who you are growing up, eventually making the OHL because of your brother's influence. I remember when I was twenty-one. Or, you better play. I remember when I was twenty-one or twenty-two. You know, there's a we have a local hero back home who pretends he knows all the NHL guys. He doesn't know shit. He's like, and he goes uh, to my brother one day. They're like, "Oh, what's your brother up to?" And I was twenty-two, and he's like, "Oh, you know, he's training hard, and you know, hoping to get a game in the NHL or whatever this year." And he goes, "Game in the NHL." I heard he's not even going to fucking make it in Rochester. Oh, God. And Jeff told me this in June, and I just, as soon as I saw this guy after I played my first year in the NHL, I saw him out one night, and I walked up to him. And I said, I just want to thank you. He's like, oh, great. Congratulations, man. You know, you, you know, and I said, I just want to thank you. He said, for what? I said, because I'll always remember what you told my brother last summer. It's like, what did I say? I said, you told him that I wasn't even going to make Rochester. He goes, ah, I was kidding. I go, no, you weren't. No, you weren't. You were hoping I didn't make Roch. Yeah. I said, and now, then I said, thank you. I bought him. Now you're saying you didn't. Like, no, you just tell me that you did. At least yeah. be courageous, you fucking yeah. coward. <laughs> yeah. Lots of guys like that. You know that. I know. They're all on the internet. We talked about this earlier. Yeah, I was going to get into it. I don't even want the headache to talk about social media now. I don't even want to do it. Uh, we, we, yeah, we were going to talk about it, but we talked about uh, a lot of other things. I love things. our conversations, Terry. I mean, it, me man, too. I mean, you know, I really had a bunch of things written. I only got to like two of them the Babcock no. question and the Ryan a... Reeves question. Everything else was just off the cuff. I'm I got one, a... one more thing to ask. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm curious. This is just on a. I'm fascinated by border towns. You grew up in St. Catharines. Did you go over a lot? Like, are you, were you familiar? I know you ended up playing in Buffalo. Obviously, you know it now. Oh, but yeah. would you be over there as a kid and stuff? Oh, yeah. I mean, tournaments in, in Buffalo. Um, used to my first Sabre game or first hockey game that I went to uh, in the NHL as a kid was against was Buffalo, L.A. Uh. Matt Gretzky that night at the Anchor Bar. 
Okay, um, so you parents, you've got even memories there as a kid. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. I've I've been uh, like a quiet Sabres fan growing up. LaFontaine and McGilney, Sega, 95, 93, oh, yeah. 95. LaFontaine, McGilney, Howard Chuck on the wing with uh, – who would we have in the back? We had uh, uh, Craig Muni. Oh, was it? It was uh, Grant, Ledger, there, was Grant Ledger and Richard Schmelick, Shitnick, those guys. Schmelick, Shitnick, Gary Galley. Gary Galley. I wouldn't have remembered that, but now I, I can remember Fierre him. Like, net, I got a hockey card in my head. Dominic Hasek in maybe 95. That was my team to use in Sega, man, before I was ever even drafted by them. I used to play my, my buddy. Sega Genesis. I had it going the other night. I brought it out. <laughs> I have Go into the corner, make a spin, and then come straight across the slot and shoot. Oh. First side. Oh, every, one, every year there was a glitcher. I mean, there's still like that to a degree. There's there's ways you can score in well, games. Well, we have JR on the show all the time, and he is a glitch in that game in 94. Yeah. He's like the most legendary. You weren't allowed to use Chicago because of JR. I know. 94 is the one where you can also skate up to the – if you skate up to the red line at the right angle and you can you hammer one along the ice, it goes in. <laughs> yeah, you push the B button. Yeah, oh, is that it? That's the pass button. Remember, you drive, you oh, skate pass, straight. Yeah, you're right. The pass button. Sorry. And it goes right along the ice. And it, it goes can, along the ice and into the net. Sometimes the it slides through. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. On that note, um, thank you for coming on, by the way. I really appreciate it. Do you have anything to promote before I go? <laughs> After the show, on Twitter, just our right? show, which we'd love to have you on, by the way. Um, I'd love to. After the whistle. It's doing great. We have a couple new sponsors coming. We have a, a new sponsor in Buffalo that we're very proud of, a big law firm, Salino Law. We have another one on the works, in the works um, that uh, we're looking forward to announcing as well. So it, you know, it, it, things are going well, and and we're loving what we do. That's for sure. And we have well, some apparel out. I got to send you some apparel. We'd love to get some apparel on you. Yeah, please. I just got some stuff coming out today, too, actually. So uh, I'll talk about it when you have me on your show. Ship it over. Oh, wonderful. There, we'll trade. I'll send you uh, a hoodie, shirt, and hat. You you do the same. Are we, we good? Well, uh, an after the whistle hoodie, shirt, trade for yours. Like, it's like, it's like as good a trade as Gretzky for Volpot. Gretzky for Volpat. He was uh, played with Roman Volpat down in the, uh, down in the minors. We split with LA. Yeah. In Fredericton. Yeah, oh, man. what a character, Roman oh. Volpat, Western Leaguer, Prince Albert. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's Roman Volpa, wasn't he? The key piece in that Gretzky trade from. Uh... Well, he was supposed to be a great guy, but he wasn't any key piece in any trade. I tell you that. Well, I mean, afterwards, what I mean is that his career no, didn't. No offense, Roman. Yeah, turn out like like he wanted it to, but neither did mine. Roman was a great person, and you know what? He was a European that liked to throw down. He was a decent teammate. Roman yeah, he Ropez. was tough as nails. He was tough. He as was, nails. yeah, he was yeah, decent. Yeah. Uh, I meant no disrespect by that, but that's just a hockey analogy, man. It's like yeah. it's like being Munson. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. The hockey analogy. <laughs> that's the hockey analogy of being Munson. Being Munson. <laughs> I haven't heard that term in a while. I'm going to use it, though. <laughs> um, oh, Roy, it wasn't that bad. What is it about great sex that makes you have to crap? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that in so long. We used to watch it on the bus. Oh, what Mark. year is Kingpin? Oh, God, I don't know. It's one of the funniest movies in the history of movies. But underrated. Though. I haven't, you know, 
It, it, How about it when he wins the championship? Like, like, like you got the guy with the rubber hand sponsored by Trojan, okay? In this, in this bowling match. And then you got this is one of Bill Murray's, one of his greatest characters, okay? No, and so underrated. Way and underrated because you never hear it anymore. If even if you talk to people about Bill Murray's greatest <laughs> movies, they'll say Groundhog Day, he's, What About Bob, Caddyshack. They'll go right down the list, but hey. yeah. He's Even walking there, away after that? winning the championship and he's got his comb over bacon strips off to the one side yeah. and his bowler body. And he's like, oh, I can't believe I almost lost to a guy with a rubber hand. <laughs> <laughs> he's plays per- It's like his most perfect role, too. Then <laughs> oh, and Scrooged. Couldn't be, it was oh, like they were God. written for him. There's a documentary called It's About Bill Murray. I know. About- I know. I saw it. Oh, he just shows up to parties. Yeah, he just <sighs> randomly shows up and didn't. In the uh, they said he has a phone number that you can leave a message, but he doesn't have. Uh, at least maybe he does now. I don't know. This was a few years ago. The movie, but um, I can't see why a seventy odd year old would change. But he, uh, yeah, he's he, very hard to get a hold of, and he just shows up places, checks messages once in a blue moon, uh, kind of off the grid, and you know he's a legend because of it. I think that's the best way, best stardom way of living. And you forgot what about Bob? But, but I think I, I think I said what about Bob? You well, didn't hear me. That was the second one. You'll have to check. The I, tape on that. That's possibly my favorite con- comedy of all time. Yeah, same here. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. fuck! Man. Oh, yeah. I could quote that whole movie. I watched it so many times, and it never—it continues because of Bill Murray. If it wasn't for him, I don't know what it is, but I can't look at him without laughing in that movie. Normally. Regardless, anyway, I like them all. Groundhog Days, Scrooge, all of it, like I said. But what about Bob? I, I think it's playing off Richard Dreyfus. Oh, my God. I think he mentioned someone named Betty. I'm Betty. She's Betty. Oh, so you're Betty. <laughs> when do, you he, remember, uh, do you remember when he pretends to be the detective? I do. And my... F- a lot of the I humor. walk through the kitchen with a bowl full of chicken. <laughs> a lot of my favorite comedy is when it's just implied. When Richard Dreyfuss drops him off at the insane asylum, and when he goes back to pick him up, and he's got all the doctors and nurses around telling him stories like he's at a bar, and he's he's totally taking control yeah. of the situation. Oh, Do you remember the God. joke he told? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Roses uh, are it, red. Was it roses are red, violets are blue, I'm a schizophrenic, and so am I. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, on that note, on that note, I'm taking my daughter to soccer. I'm letting you go. Hey, listen. Deep. Roses are red, violets are blue, I'm out of here, and so am I. I'll, I'll see you soon on your podcast. Can't wait. After the whistle, check it out, folks. Thanks, Andrew. I appreciate it, my man. You got it, man. See you, my friend. Oh, God, I could talk to Andrew all day. I wish, you know, sometimes you go through a game that you got to be a teammate for decades, it seems. Well, how long? I played, when I went away to play junior. I was 14. I came home. It was all done. My final hurrah, everything when it came to pro hockey at 26. And then I've played senior hockey until last year. So lots of teammates, lots of experiences but he's one guy that i wish had been my teammate just a lot of fun and uh seems like he would have been quite a laugh to play with anyway 
Andrew Peters, check it out after the whistle. He's got a pod with uh, Craig Reve, as I mentioned, and it's informative. It's fun. It's two guys that were NHLers that have lots of stories. So uh, it's it mixes a little bit of anal- analytics of the moment, trending topics, and, of course, old-school stories. Check it out after the whistle. Folks, this has been episode 170B. Thanks for listening. And what I forgot to do is tell you where to go if you're in St. John's and what you should do. If you want to go downtown for a chat, for a beer, for a coffee, why not check out the Bull and Barrel? Why not check out Trinity Pub, TJ's Pub, Rob Roy Confusion, Martini Bar, and of course, Green Sleeves. Did I mention TJ's? If not, TJ's Pub. Check it all out. Why not? Go to George Street. Have yourself a blast. If you're going to go for a bite to eat, why not do it at Merchant Tavern? Blue on Water or Wedgwood Cafe. If you're looking to go to Mr. Lube, two locations here in St. John's, Newfoundland. One's on Torbay Road, one's on Kenmount Road. Live, laugh, loop. Pitbull Pain Relief, the pain sticks that just don't quit. I still use them almost every day. Check it out. Pitbullpainrelief.com. If you want to work out, you want to change your attitude, you want strength and balance for the body and mind, look no further than Rope Walk Lane. Ryan Power, power conditioning. And of course, True Hockey, Take what's yours, folks. I'll be in Buffalo in three weeks for the Chicklets Cup, October 5th to the 8th. And I'll be back in just a few days with more tales with TR. Thanks for listening. Talk soon.